It is exactly 16 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is Metro FM Talk with myself, Tamin Gubeni, sitting in for Ayabonga Tawe. Now, one of the big stories today is that of ANC Deputy President David Mabuza postponing his swearing-in as a member of parliament. And he says that this is in order to address the issues that have been raised by the ANC Integrity Committee. Now, we also mm-hmm. saw another top ANC member, Mamnum Vula Mokonyane, who um, was deployed a few days ago to occupy um, the very prestigious position of chair of chairs. We saw her withdrawing her name for family reasons, she said. And we also yesterday had Malusiki Kaba as well as Balegambete also withdrawing their names. And it was announced uh, today that they will be uh, heading to Lutuli House. Now, what can we read from all of this? Joining us this evening is political economist at Trade Collective, Lebohang um, Apeko. A very good evening to you. So lovely to be chatting to you once again. It's been a while. Thank you, Tommy. I've been wondering where you've been hiding. Thank you for emerging it and, 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 and for this conversation. Well, I'm happy that you're on the other side. And wondering, were you surprised by the move uh, by Deputy President Mabuza today? I was slightly, and I think like most people you, you can, in this country, one can never tell where the, where, the, where the fault lines are going to fall, are going to lie. And one thing that's quite interesting is that a couple of days ago, most of us, many of us, including myself, were saying that President Ramaphosa's hands are potentially very tied by the constituency that is within the NEC, particularly that it's not per se his, his chosen slate, and also because he per se doesn't have a strong internal power base, and he's been having to, he has had to since Nazrek, uh balance some very um, delicate ideological and credibility actual within the ANC, which is more fractionalized than we have ever seen it before, I suspect, in its hundred years. But what has happened is that we've really had a few kind of, uh, as I said earlier, on a couple of gifts. So the one is, of course, um, Deputy, Deputy President uh, David Mabuza seeming to withdraw himself from consideration. This could be for a few reasons. This could be, A, the, the pressure from within the party to really begin to see that um, we have leaders who are, have a semblance of um, complete credibility and to catch up really with the sorts, of, the sorts of deficits that we have been subjected to, particularly in the last nine or ten years, where many of the leaders that were parachuted in were not per se a reflection of the aspirations of most people, um, far away from the sorts of people who most, people, most, most citizens would have preferred as their leaders because of the lack of credibility, the lack of integrity, and the various swollen and skeletons, as Mr. <laughs> Batabile uh, Shamini puts it, that, that, that are lurking in their closets. So somehow or other, we have the opportunity, or President Ramaphosa might potentially have the opportunity to then begin to cast a much bigger, bolder vision we're going to take a really quick break, but when we come back, I'd like you to perhaps contemplate um, the, the, the possible reasons why Deputy President Mabuza has done this. And I think it's quite important to point out that it, it's not a, um, a withdrawal per se, but a postponement and what that could possibly mean. It is exactly 20 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. We are in conversation with uh, political analyst uh, Lebohang Peko, and we will talk about uh, this very uh, quite intriguing issue of what has been happening, the moving chairs and the moving goalposts uh, in Parliament just after this.
It is exactly 22 minutes after 8 o'clock as we continue our conversation with um, political economist at Trade Collective, Oslebo uh, Hangpeko. Now, before the break, I, I asked you the possible reasons why uh, Deputy President Mabusa would have uh, done this. There are lots of reasons. The, the one is that perhaps he doesn't like the, the role of being the deputy president. He harbors presidential ambitions, by the way. And you remember that President Ramaphosa still has a discretion, a wildcat discretion as it may be, to appoint somebody as a minister who isn't even a member of the cabinet. So that, that is, his, his, his options are not entirely um, close to him, but the other thing is that he may actually be guarding his, guarding his steps towards a presidential bid later on in a couple of years or so. They actually be biding his time to build the ground, which he's extremely good at doing, by the way. The other thing is that as, as these as, as these allegations are pending towards uh, the Integrity Commission, um, he also, remember, has been the presided over one of the most appalling run provinces in the country, in Kumalanga, the, the home of entrepreneurship on, an, on a whole other level, allegations of political killing, and so on. He knows the murky... The murky, the murky underbelly of the ANC in ways that very few others know. I think in ways that are similar to Boit Maskashula and others. So for, for various reasons, A, he may feel that the noose is tightening around him, but he may also feel that he, he can stand his chances much better externally. What we are going to do is our connection is not very good, so we are going to try and get you um, on, a, on a better line. So please do excuse us. Just give us one moment uh, to try and, and call you back on a better line. It is exactly 23 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talking Conversation about the possible reasons why Deputy President Mabuza has withdrawn his name um, uh, you know, from being sworn in today pending the outcome of the investigations, etc., by the ANC's Integrity Committee. That is what he has said. Um, And I have asked you a bit earlier on to do send your tweets and your messages uh, regarding this particular situation. And there's one that's come in from Free King Dalin Jebo. And I'm going to share that uh, with uh, Ospeko right now. Hello. We've got you back. I hope the line is better now. I hope so too. My apologies. No, not a problem at all. You know, I, I'm reading one of the tweets that has come through from Free King Dalinjebo, and he says, Didi Mabuza oh. will always be selfish, he says. The stunt he pulled Ooh. there is all about himself, his political mm. survival, and the benefits mm. as a deputy president of South Africa. It has nothing mm. to do with South Africans or good governance. I wish the Hawks could swiftly go after him. So that's, um, you know, Free King Dalinjebo on Twitter and his mm. view. And I guess he mirrors some of the sentiments that have been coming through. Others are saying that perhaps if he that if he becomes an MP and doesn't get the deputy president position again, that he loses his privileges of being um, a former deputy president. And that Mm. perhaps this may be just about the next ANC conference, regrouping Mm. and realigning and repositioning himself. How possible is that? Anything is possible. Remember that the same theory around uh, deputy presidential benefits has also been suggested and forwarded in relation to Neva Legambete for her reasons for also not making herself unavailable. I mean, that her to, for her to become a, an ordinary MP would, to all intents and purposes, be a demotion. Uh, and, 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 of course, if we're speaking in the era of summer politics, 
who wants to just sit in the back row um, having had power and voice and influence within the party and within parliamentary discourses. I think the question as well for David Mabuza is his ability to articulate competently and convincingly on the issues of state. I think the, the, the one heartbeat away theory with him, uh, so his capacity to perhaps occupy spaces such as the World Economic Forum, the BRICS debate, to really build it, uh, South Africa's international internationalist footprint, to rebuild it, he seems limited in that regard. He's certainly a grassroots mobilizer of note. He's cr- he struggled credentials and all of that stuff seems impeccable, but he's also been one of the strong men of the party, and, and not in a good way. One of the people who has led to all kinds of credibility deficits about the caliber uh, of, of, of Carter, who is ascending to the ranks, and he has mobilized his way very effectively to the deputy presidency, and I think that some of the, the cynical uh, arguments that say that perhaps he's not willing to play the Russian roulette of not being voted back as the deputy president are not, are not without merit particularly because um, he also has, he says to, he, he runs the risk of also then being deployed back into a position not on his own terms, but rather one that is, might be more compromising and subject to even more scrutiny. And, of course, the fact that, um, that potentially the noose might be, be closing in around him, although I doubt it because, frankly, those nooses so far have not yielded much in the, in, in the, in the context of heads rolling, the really big heads rolling in any meaningful or substantial way. And, and I don't think that we need to celebrate the fact that he is stepping aside for this integrity commission and all of that. We shouldn't celebrate the bare minimum. We don't have to celebrate when fish go swimming. That's what they're supposed to do. Now, he made um, quite a pertinent statement that I don't think we should overlook, that he said mm. it's a postponement. So that doesn't exactly. necessarily mean it's a withdrawal. Could yeah. he still make a, a comeback? And could his comeback, if that does happen, also be, I guess, another feather in his cap saying that whatever it is that the Integrity uh, you know, Commission had uh, highlighted, wow. that red herring, mm. that it's no longer mm. um, an issue. And it's an opportunity for him really to actually come clean and to perhaps start on a new slate. Well, not so much to come clean, but certainly to present himself as a, as a more credible candidate because that is one thing, that's one thing that's lacking uh, in, in his repertoire is, is the capacity to present himself as a credible candidate who is without reproach. He has certainly, for some of the reasons that I have stated, come in with lots of baggage. Um, and, you know, Mbumalanga is one, has been one of the worst-run provinces. And I think that if he were able to then show himself, as you say, to be vindicated right. by, the, by the Integrity Commission, it would certainly buoy his future aspirations and give him the semblance of actually having been Actually, actually not being the, you know, having the ill repute that he seems to have at the moment. So, yes, the, the politics of vindication and the optics of that, you know, the coming in on a cloud of glory on a white horse would, would of course, do his political currency no harm, both within Parliament, within the Tuli House, and even in public perception, if people are willing to be convinced by that. Because it could really be a, a case of taking one step back and a giant leap forward for him mm, in, in it, this particular it situation. It's a, it's a risk, but he's also a calculated politi- politician. Um, and I guess they don't call him the cat for no good reason. <laughs> How many lives does a cat have, by the way? About a nine. About a nine. About a nine. <laughs>
Well, well, we'll definitely see it as a developing story there. But talking about um, this potential uh, deputy presidency, a couple of names have now been mm. uh, banted around, Gwede Mantashe being one of them. But there seems mm. to be a lot of um, support for a, a woman deputy president, uh, the yes. likes of Mamkosa Zana Lamini Zuma. What, what do you make of that? Yes, Mamkosa Zana Lamini Zuma or Melin Diwesi Sulu being another name that's flying around. The, you know, Lamini Zuma's name rings and triggers and evokes so many emotions all at the same time. So and in terms of her competency as a leader and her track record, um, and the fact that she's been quite versatile as well um, and that she has this African Union experience on paper, which on paper seems fairly convincing, although, you know, her impact and her footprint there uh, is probably, you know, qu- quite questionable based on my colleagues who work in the African Union. But, I mean, on paper, it seems quite credible. I think that the problematic that that she, she that Zuma, that Zuma hyphenate is just something she just cannot get away from. And it's that, that she cannot divorce, she might have divorced judicially, but the association, the power of association, is just way too potent, isn't it? And it also is, is, is she has not proved her, her ability or her willingness to distinguish herself from Gade Zuma, even in her pronouncements. So during the Nkandla uh, debate, she was conspicuously silent. And when she finally did speak, she spoke, you know, she, she, she did not seem to condemn the excessive expenditure in any way. I think her, her, some her paraphrase of her remarks at the time was, so what, everybody needs a retirement home. Something quite cavalier and, and really quite inappropriate in keeping with the uproar at the time. But I think that the, the, the personal relationship between them cannot be denied. And I don't think she has ever tried to deny it. And I think the proximity between him and her is still a bit too too close, too intimate. And, and, and the idea of her being one heartbeat away from the presidency could, of course, potentially signal an elongation, a continuation, or a form of a re-emergence of a Zuma dom. And, and I, I'm not sure how many of us have the appetite for that. As we close off this evening, uh, what, what kind of cabinet do you think President Ramaphosa uh, will constitute? I mean, some on, on Twitter are saying, yes, this looks like the new dawn is, is finally dawning. Others are saying uh, it looks like the president is not. This is Sammy Riddle who says uh, Cyril ain't playing games, or at least so it seems. What are your thoughts on this and, and how his new cabinet would, would potentially look? I don't think it will look that different to the to, to, to the way it looks today. I think that he's going to he's going to play a very nice musical chair and perhaps one or two very strong symbolic departures to 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 give again the illustration or the impression that um, this is the break with the past regime and the past the, the past administration. There might also be one or two significant new entrees uh, who who will be again, to give the impression of new blood, intergenerationalism, and so on and so forth. But really, in the last 15 months or so, Ndada Ramaphosa has not, per se, made any bold moves. And people said that that's because he didn't really have a full electoral mandate, that he was essentially a caretaker president. I hope I stand to be corrected, but I don't think that we're going to see anything that is as significant as the background noise. We will put new significant um, uh, cuts and then have and, 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 and imported one or two pieces of new stuff. But I think that we're going to see, again, a very sophisticated game of chess, which amounts to musical chairs of some of the same players.
And thank you so much for your input and your insights. And uh, we all wait with bated breath to see how that cabinet is uh, going to be looking like and uh, the sixth administration, the sixth parliament. Uh, thank mm. you so much, Mepoko. Looking forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye now. It is exactly 8.34. This is Metro FM Talk. Now, in a moment, we're going to look at um, business and the new cabinet. And we're going to be joined by the Chief Operations Officer of Business Leadership South Africa, uh, Bosi Mavoso.